We're going to, tonight, this, this morning is uh, the summary word in relationship to praise and worship or sacrifices of, of praise, uh, the priesthood of the believer. And, uh, and the whole thing that, like Mitch had shared two weeks ago about responding to God is crucial and praise and worship and thanksgiving and those sacrifices of praise to God, offering them up to him. And, and uh, out of that, the Lord just really put in my heart to share this morning the, literally the destiny of glory, as you see on the top of your handout there, that each one of us have. It's just so interesting to think about this destiny that you and I have as sons and daughters of the Most High God. In fact, every person on the face of this earth lives with a destiny to experience glory. Uh, God created us for that. In fact, uh, let's notice some passages of Scripture in Isaiah 43, 7. Do we have those? Uh, um, yeah, look at this. In Isaiah 43, 7, everyone who is called by my name whom I have created for my glory. Literally, the chief end, there's a, one statement that's put out. It's the chief end of man is to glorify God. You and I are created for God's glory. Now, that, that has some interesting thoughts. What does that mean, that you and I are created for God's glory? Also, just notice in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, where awesome passage of Scripture, for those whom he foreknew. Now, before I go on here a second, I just want to tell you, to ask you to notice how each one of these verbs are in the past tense. So there's not a progression here. Every one of them is in past tense. And I'll mention that in a second, what that means. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn of many brethren. And in verse 30, it says this, And these whom he predestined, he also called, and those whom he called, he also justified, and those whom he justified, he glorified. Now, what does all that progression mean? And it all ends with the last verb saying that God has glorified. Well, the reality is, you know in Dwelling Place, that people's names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life when they get saved. People's names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life before the foundations of the world. God does not, and I love this past scripture in, what is it, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, I think it is verse 15, I may have it wrong there, but that which is has already been, and it goes on to say, God seeks that which has passed by. And literally, in the heart and the mind of God, God purposes and plans things, he speaks them into existence, and all of creation works to bring everything into relationship with the words that God speaks. Like, for example, uh, our destiny is to be conformed to the image of Jesus. Verse 29 says that. So all of creation, as it says in Romans chapter 8, suffers the pains of childbirth even unto now. Not, and it goes on to say not only this, but we within ourselves groan within ourselves. There's this longing to be conformed and birthed into the the heart of a, the son or daughter of the Most High God. But one of the things that all of creation, all, everything that is in you is trying to birth in you this place to be glorified. Glorified. Now, what does that mean? But God's heart is, is a father is for his sons and his daughters to be glorified. You know, uh, you know it, was a, it was one thing for me to compete in athletics and and, uh, you know, have cheerleaders shout my name. Y'all made, you know, I shared that with y'all when I scored two points or, you know, when you did things. It's one thing for that, you know. But it's another thing when Shay or Michelle would do things. Yeah, that's my son. Yeah. Whole nother level. Your heart as a father, and I'm sure it's that way for a mother, is that is for our sons and our daughters. Tim to be glorified. In fact, your heart is that you don't, many times you don't even care whether you're seen or heard. It's them. And that's the heart of our Heavenly Father. He has set everything in motion that you and I can experience the fullness of glory. Well, the interesting thing is, is with God, there's always an event. 
there's event, but there's always a process to the event. In fact, like it says in Ecclesiastes chapter uh, what, 8, verse 5 and 6, he who keeps a royal command experiences no trouble, but a wise heart understands the time and procedure for every event. The event is us to be glorified. Well, there's a time. And when that fullness is when Jesus himself, who has already been exalted and glorified and full of glory, but when that place and that time, when you and I, when he appears in the sky, then our, it says that we will appear with him in glory. Well, there's the time. Well, here's the interesting thing. What is the process? What's the journey? So the, what I'm trying to share is, is there's this call in you and I to glory. In other words, you're created for it. In fact, let's go on to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Notice what it says this, that seeing that his divine power has granted us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us, and the New American Standard uses the preposition by. The preposition by is not in the Greek, it's a... It's a it's a, it's a noun with a particular ending on it. And so the, the translators translate it uh, in this manner, uh, by, but really I think it fits better to say to. And it's not violating the translation. I just believe it's, the, it's a translation because think about this. He has called us to his glory and excellence. Okay, because why? Why would that be consistent with Scripture? What is sin? Sin means to miss the mark. What is the mark? What? For all have sinned and what? Fall short of the glory of God. We're called to that glory. Sin means to miss the mark. Like it thoughts, word or actions that fall short of God's thoughts and opinions and recognition for us. A sin. In fact, that just leads me into this. What is sin? What is sin? Well, you know, the Greek word doxa for glory is the Greek word doxa. I'm not shared with you before. The root word of doxa is the Greek word dokeo, meaning thoughts, opinions. And so, therefore, the root going on meaning thoughts, opinions, and recognition. I didn't originate this. You know, the Greek scholars like Spiros Adiades, you know, is one of the premier guys in our time in relationship to Greek scholars. That's what... That's, the research where I've got from him. And if you look at Scripture and let Scripture interpret this, notice like in Exodus chapter 33, verse 18 and verse 20, where Moses asked God, he says, may I see your, can I see your glory? Can I see your glory? And well, God's response to him in verse 20 is, says, no one can see my what? Face and live. Because why? I'm looking at Ben's face, I'm seeing who he is in the flesh. I'm seeing him physically. Glory. That's Ben's glory. That's who he is in one sense. In the New Testament, let me give you an example of the New Testament, example of this word meaning thoughts, opinions, and recognition. Notice this in uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, in verse um, 16 and 17, where Paul Paul, I mean Peter, declares, we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Next verse says, for when he, Jesus, received glory, I mean honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance was this made by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Honor means to value. My beloved son, he's communicating, hey, he's important, he's valuable to me. Glory, thoughts, opinions, and recognition. This is my what? Son. That's who he is. I declare it over it, over him. That's who he is. So thoughts, opinions, and recognition. Who is, who is it? Now, to be glorified, what is this? Literally, what is, what is to glorify? There's, there's glorified. Let's take, take it. In fact, when you say glory, that's a noun. It doesn't have an action to it. It's just literally what it is. 
The glory of Liam is, there is, there's his face. And he gets descriptions of, but that's not his true glory. But there's a facet that in the flesh, that's his glory. But glorify means, is the verbal form. The Greek word would be doxadzo. And literally what it means is a thought, word, or action that projects an identity, a thought, opinion, or recognition. In other words, when you speak, what gets projected? What gets magnified? What gets reflected? I mean, where do you, every action you take, what does it reflect? Does it reflect the nature and character of Adam or does it reflect the nature and character of who God is? When you glorify God, you, you, are, you are declaring forth who he is. In fact, we'll look at some things in relationship to that. So there's things here we need to understand here. There's a facet of glory, but then there's the verbal form that we want to understand, glorify. To be glorified, what does that mean? That means identity is established. Thoughts and opinions are established. Here's the question. What thoughts and opinions are established? Well, I don't know about y'all, but I don't want my thoughts and opinions to be established. Like I heard one brother say to me at the time, he says, Rick, we don't want no size more flesh. We know what that's like. You know, we want that Jesus, that Jesus stuff that's in you. I don't, want, I don't want my identity to be established. I want the identity of Jesus to be established. Him to be glorified. And we'll look at some things about this here in a few minutes. But the first thing is that I want to understand what is to fulfill our destiny and glory. What is this process? And there's four things in this process. You know, I'm sorry. My mind thinks sequential, and so I know if some, somebody, a prophet, would get up here, Leanne would get up here, and she'd prophesy it all in concepts and pictures. Jared would be pictures and all this kind of stuff, but this is how I think and see, so I apologize for that. That's how I think. But God's glory is constantly being declared. God's thoughts and opinions, who he is and also who he says we are, is constantly being declared. Notice this passage in Psalm 19.1 where it talks about the heavens are telling of the glory of the Lord. Man, I love the, the, that Isaiah chapter 6 where it says this, the earth is full of his glory, but literally in the Hebrew it says the fullness of the earth is his glory. In other words, you take every facet of creation and it reveals a different facet of who God is. Like, you know how it is on a, on a, in a winter day when it's snowing and it's all of a sudden it's just so peaceful and beautiful and pure. You just go, ah, oh, that's the holiness of God. Or you go to a high mountain and you look at a high mountain and you're going, whoa, God, you're awesome. Man, it's like, whoa. You know, it's like being in the Alps and in Europe. You know, or, yeah, I haven't been, yeah, I've been out west in the mountains out there, yeah. Uh, but did you see a high mountain? You see this majesty and splendor of the Lord. You look in the heavens and you look at the stars and, oh, man, God, you're powerful. You look, you know, whatever it may be, the different facets of creation are, are declaring and speaking the glory of God. Now, in fact, notice this in, in Romans chapter 1, verse Verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness and ungodliness and righteous men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. What truth? What truth are they suppressing? Go on, the next slide, please. It says, because that which is known about God is evident within them. God made it evident to them. How? <laughs> Look at these bodies. Well, Maybe look at somebody else's body. But I'm not, however, whatever, I'm amazed at the, you know, in our physical bodies, there's just amazing things that you'd go, well, this by chance this body came together. What? All the intricacies of, of this human body, just a simple thing like an eyebrow. I remember one time I got my head busted in a, in a basketball game, got an elbow right, in the, right, right across the eyebrow, and, you know, in the, and the 
went in for, to get the sewed up, and he said, yeah, it's just one of those ways that God created the eyebrow to protect your eyes. I'm going, wow, small thing. Well, evolution, finally, all people without eyebrows died out, and so therefore, <laughs> I'm going, what? Sorry, I'm, Kevin. I'm a little world here. I'm okay, let me get back into the process here. But literally all of creation is declaring who God is, that he's real, he's alive, and it's evident within us. You know, how can, this is my question, how can a doctor not get born again, saved, and go, man, there's a God? Dude, I don't see how. But not only that, is he expressing who he is, that I'm awesome, I'm powerful, I'm, I'm beautiful. Not only that, but he's expressing who we are. The glory of God is getting expressed continually about who we are. Look at, look at John 17, 22, where Jesus is praying to the Father. And he said, Jesus says, the glory which you have given me, I have given them that we may be one, that they may be one as you and I are one. In other words, all the thoughts and opinions that God has had over you, over, over, over God the Father had over his son, Jesus. Jesus turns around and says, I give it all to them. Everything that was said and thought by God the Father over Jesus is said and given to us. You know, our, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Liam, son, okay? Well, God says what? God says over Jesus, he says, son, well, what does is, what is the word of God say? He's no longer a slave, but a what? Son. 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 Beloved. Man, what is it, 38 times? 38, 36, 37, 38 times in the New Testament, it declares over Liam, beloved. Beloved. Well pleased. Oh. What? What's Psalm 139 say? God's looks. Saw Liam in Tammy's womb. Yeah. God formed him there. Before he was there, God saw all the days for him when as yet there was not one of them. But at the very moment he's seeing Tammy and God, uh, Liam in Tammy's womb, he saw these days and his declarations over Liam, before he had a chance to walk in anything, his, declare, his declarations over how precious are my thoughts toward you. And if I should count them, they would outnumber the sand of the sea. That's God's glory toward Liam. And so, so he's constantly revealing who we are. Why? As a born-again believer, what does Galatians 4, 6 say? Next slide. It says, for God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts. What? Crying out. What? Abba, Father. Now let me put a commercial in here on this. When the word of God says it's doing something, guess what? It's happening. And y'all have heard me say this before, but here's the question for you and I to say, have you ever heard that? Not audibly, heard it here. And I had God ask me that question one time, and many of you have heard this testimony from me. Rick, uh, you know, he said, I'm in a prayer meeting, and I, all of a sudden I hear the Lord speak to me. This passage of Scripture, and he says, have you ever heard that? And I, well, I've heard the verse. But no, the Lord's going, no, have you ever heard that? And I had to say, no, I haven't, God. I had not heard that. So, I mean, real, have you heard that? And then the Lord took me on this journey to reveal to me that the programming in my heart was contrary to the revelation of that truth. In other words, I did not have the programming in my heart. Your heart's like the hard disk on a computer. And I did not have the programming to receive the broadcast from God. It's like in the older days, many of y'all heard me say this before, but, you know, I was the one-man boycott of Microsoft. And for years, I only used WordPerfect. Does anybody in here use that WordPerfect? Hey, there we go. We got some holdouts. Man, it was, man. And I would write all this stuff up in WordPerfect, man. And somebody would send me, send me, you know, an email and say, hey, Rick, man, can you send me your notes on that? Yeah, man, no problem. So I would attach a WordPerfect file and send it to them. 
and the vast majority of the world's in Microsoft Word, which I go, why? You know, and I have reluctantly given way. But, but anyway, so they, uh, you know, I would send that to them, and they'd send me an email back going, Rick, I can't open the file. You know, yeah, gibberish. <laughs> and I would go, okay, there's many frustrations, and finally, uh, you know, I gave in. You know, if you go write books, Rick, you need to write it in something else. <laughs> and so anyway, what does that mean? Because what's happening was I would be sending somebody the file. They would have the file in their computer, but they couldn't open it. They couldn't understand it. Their computer couldn't. Because the programming in their computer was incompatible, yeah, with the language that I was sending. Well, it's like God sending me us. He's sending us a language of Abba Father. He's, He's declaring sons and daughters, and we've got programming in our heart that goes, I don't know what that is. I don't want that. In fact, you'd have heard me say this before, but 98, what is it? Uh, 98% of the men, this is a survey done in Florida prisons back a number of years ago, but 98% of the men in Florida prisons were uh, out of dysfunctional homes. 80% of them did not have a father in the home. So 80%, and so one of the rules of thumb that they would tell me in Florida when, we, when I was going to prisons back then and dealing Jesus, they said, do not refer to God as Father. Because as soon as you refer to God as Father, they'll check out. I don't want to have anything to do with the old man. Because why? 80% of the men in there, 80% of the person, person you'd be talking to, his dad dumped on him. So the programming in his heart is incompatible to receive and hear anything about a father being good. And so God's saying, Abba, Father. Or the definition of father may mean something totally different and then align the truth. So, y'all, you can fool your mind, but you can't fool your heart. So the question is, have you ever heard the spirit of the living God saying, Abba, Father, to you? If not, I'm going to tell you this. I'm like it was for me. It's an opportunity for God to take you on a journey to reveal to you, change the programming in your heart to hear the reality of truth. So, so God is constantly revealing glory. He's speaking it. He's wanting, he knows that for you and I to fulfill the destiny of glory, glory must be spoken to us. Now, just like God, everything with God, he never gives us something that we do not first yet know that we need it. And also, he will not force anything on you. Oh, yeah, there's a few times that some of you in here, God's power of the Holy Spirit came on you so strong that, you know, you're going, whoa. You know, I mean, I never forget like the time this girl, we were at a, one of those back in the days, a Holy Ghost bust on Eagle's Nest, not the Regen program, but on the campus of Radford University. There was this girl standing there talking to me, she was uh, from a denomination that believed in the gifts of spirit. And she's standing there saying, I don't believe in tongues. It's not of God. And she's just telling me, I don't believe in tongues and why and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, she starts going, shout at that God. I said, you do now. So I just walked away. There's times like that, yeah. But the vast majority of the times, God gives to you. He speaks something to you. Just like for her, she had the... God did a mighty thing. Eventually, she had to see it and receive it. And just like with God, there's this place that for the thing is, is we see God's glory. You see, you understand, and you receive. And watch this, like in John 12, 28, because just because God's revealing something does not mean we see it. Just like Paula sitting on the, I'm sitting on the couch, and she says something. It does not mean because my ears pick up these vibrations in the atmosphere does not mean that I hear it. And I repent. <laughs> Father, glorify your name. Jesus had prayed something out. He had declared something. His soul was troubled. And all of a sudden, he cries out to God, God the Father, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice out of heaven. I have glorif- both glorified it and I will glorify it again. And notice the next verse. It says, so the crowd of people stood by and heard it and were saying that it thundered. 
And others were saying an angel had spoken. So God reveals glory. The question is, do we hear it? Like seven times in the book of Revelations, let him who has ears to hear, hear what the Spirit's saying to the churches. I think it is, what, 15, 16 times in the New Testament as a whole that where those same kind of statements are coming. Hear, hear. I mean, not just hear the sound, but you hear the revelations of God's glory, that you receive it, and you can discern what God's glory is. And like, like in Luke chapter 2, verse 25, Simeon, a guy who was a faithful and devout man of God, well, yeah, a man of God who for years was looking for the Messiah, who was continually going to the temple. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. Go to the next slide, please. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. How many people, how many babies do you think he saw coming into the temple in Jerusalem? How many? But then, go to the next slide. It came about in the Spirit. He came in, came in the Spirit into the temple when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to carry for him the custom of the law. And then he did what? The next slide talks about he took him into arms and blessed God and said, this is it. See, he saw, he heard, and he recognized. He heard it. He saw it. He didn't think it thundered. He didn't think he was just some other child. There was a big thing there. Go back to the slide before that, please. He came in the what? Spirit. God is a what? Spiritual being. So if he broadcasts something, what's the frequency of it? Spirit. He's going to speak anything to you. It's going to be in the spiritual realm. So be careful how you discern and see what God's saying, the glory that you're seeing, because it will be in the spiritual frequency. Don't soulishly think you can figure it out. Don't fleshly try to grasp it. It's a spiritual revelation that which, like Jesus said, those who come to him must come to him in spirit and truth. So the question is, can we see it? Do we hear it? Do we understand what glory we're hearing? Let me ask you a question. How many of us saw the glory of God or heard the glory of God or felt the glory of God today? I mean, don't raise your hands. That's just a, but, you know, I don't want to embarrass anybody. I put it in there. Yeah, but, but the reality is I know this, that God is constantly revealing his glory. If anything, I cry creation. I walked out on the back deck this morning, and all of a sudden I heard the birds singing. Man, it was so cool. What do you think? But wouldn't you like to interpret those tongues? That would be so cool. What are they singing? I know it's good. So... So see, understand, and the next thing is very crucial when God's speaking and revealing glory is to receive it. Notice this passage of Scripture in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2, where it says, For indeed we have had the good news preached to us just as they also, but the word they heard did not profit them because it was not united by what? Faith. Any revelation that God gives to us, y'all, it's going to be a faith-receiving revelation. Now, what is faith? Faith is assurance of things, what? Hope for and the evidence of things not seen. So anything God's going to give to you, speak to you, you're not going to see it in the beginning. It's unseen. I know Paula, she, God just takes her to levels of Glory to glory and faith to faith in living with me. I mean, we're constantly going to other levels of things that God's calling us into. That going, Lord, we're almost 60 years old. What is this retirement thing? You know, you can say that on the side and God going, hey, you know, it's put in my heart. There ain't no retiring, there's refiring. You know? Come on. So, to hear, understand, and to what? Receive it. And you're going to have to receive it by faith. Let me quote a couple of scriptures. You've heard me say this before, 2 Corinthians 3.18. We'll look at it in a few minutes. Where I, we with an unveiled face, beholding a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are transformed from glory to glory, glory to glory, 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 glory. 
ever-increasing revelation. He teaches us line upon line, precept upon precept. Glory, 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 glory. But Romans chapter 1, verse 17, in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Every corresponding measure of glory that you hear or, or receive or feel, there must be a measure of faith that receives it. And the cool thing I like where it talks about in John chapter 1, where it talks about grace upon grace upon grace. So every place that you receive God's glory in relationship to faith is that place of, of the grace of God being released into your life to take you into things. So, so anyway, seeing God's glory, we need to see it, understand it, and receive it. Let's go to the next slide. Explain to you, you have the past scripture. Ah, so, we see it, hear it, and receive it, I can see, yeah, Paula says to me, Rick, um, you know, uh, I'm thinking we're just doing all wonderful, how many times have been, how many guys, don't raise your hands, <laughs> but I'm thinking, oh, just, life is just bliss, Paula and I are doing great. You know, things are super, and I come home, and, and, you know, I'm thinking everything's wonderful, but she's going, I ain't seen you for three weeks. You've been so busy. I'm going, huh? But man is just one of those creators. As long as we know our wives are, you know, okay, we're thinking everything's great, but they're wanting fellowship relationship, intensity of relationship. And it's not that I don't love being with her. I do, but I can get so distracted. That's why Adam was created outside the garden. He was created inside the garden. Woman's created in the midst of a relationship. Man's out here by himself. Formed out of dirt. Simply made out of dirt. I don't know what's that got to do with this morning. <laughs> Maybe I'm just trying to, I'm trying to, yeah, there you go. Yeah, then the animals, yeah. So I, I can receive something from Paula. So she says, Rick, you're missing it. You're missing it. And I'm going, oh, oh, man, I am so sorry. Dude, and I'm sincere, and I received this revelation. But then Paula, you know, there's a facet of the law of Moses that kicks in sometime. No, not really, but. Or she declares in James chapter 3, faith without works is what? Dead. <laughs> Did you see that? And that's an old moose coming out. Yeah. So anyway. So, so do I receive it? Now look, watch, I want you all to look at this past scripture in Romans chapter 1. And this is the thing that's been pushing me. For even though they knew God, they knew God. You know God. You hear it. You understand it. You receive it. Even though you, they knew God, they did not, what? Glorify. Literally, the American Standard says honor, but the Greek word is doxa. Literally means glorify. They did not glorify him, what? As God. What is it? Psalm 100 says we are his sheep and know, know that he is our, I'm blotching it. He is our God. We know him, okay, know that he's God, but he's God, because he's God, there's a corresponding measure of response that must occur, and it's not God's up there going, oh, you didn't glorify me as God, so therefore thou art cut off of it. No, it's how God created us. We are created for glory. You're not created, you're created to receive glory. You're created like him, that you are, you're instruments of love, you're instruments of freedom and choose, that the things that birth in you are out of freedom, you and I are that way. So, but what happens is when you receive glory, it will change you, it transforms you, but if you do not, it has an opposite effect. Just like if, your body, yeah, I don't want to get that one. That's something I'd stick my foot in my mouth, that one too. <laughs> See, I mean, the, the world's in that way. There's always reciprocals. If you, there's a good thing, and if the good thing does not occur, 
a bad thing occurs. You run a gas, you have to run a, my car on gas. That's a good thing. You run it on gas. You don't have any gas. It don't what? Run. The opposite. You're created for glory. You're created to hear it, receive it, and you're created to give it. If you do not, notice the verse. It says, but they become futile in their speculations and their foolish hearts were darkened. Can I tell you, can I tell you the honest truth about something? I am, I am, this is, there's a measure of uh, unbelief in here. But there's a place in my heart that's afraid. That we have spent three or four weeks preaching about giving thanks, praise, and worship. And we've done that. So therefore, I know without a shadow of a doubt, lack of knowledge is not, a, is not an issue. So when all of a sudden there is a facet of the revelation of God, and he, you know that he is God, so therefore the protocol of heaven to respond to him, what? As God. When you have a deity that manifests himself intimately, what is the response? Worship. What is the, what is the common standard uh, response of worship? To glorify, express his worship is, 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 is on your face. Or, pray, or giving thanks. He does. He does. He gives to us constantly. And, and what's the standard protocol when somebody gives something to you? What? Thank you. I remember oh, one of the worst moments in my, one of the, I've had many worst moments in our marriage. <laughs> but I remember one, we were married, we weren't even married a year. And I, you know, back in those days, you know, I'd, I'd stopped competing in football, baseball, and basketball. So, man, I just got this addiction to compete. So I played a lot of tennis. So I was playing tennis. And, and so, you know, competing in tournaments and stuff like that. And so Paula, just being the awesome, loving wife and, that she was, and she's working, I'm working, you know, she goes, she goes to apartment, she goes to some store, and she buys me all these tennis clothes. Just really cool, nice tennis clothes. So she, she goes, and she lays them out on the bed in our bedroom. And so then I come in from work. She'd already got off. She was teaching school at the time, and I, you know, I was working 6 to 6, so I get home about 6 o'clock and come in, you know, come in the house, you know, and she's already there. She's cooking supper, and I walk by and say, hey, babe, what's up? I kissed her, and I think I said, babe, I don't know what I said back then. <laughs> said something like that. Good greeting, so thinking I'm good. But anyway, so I go back in the back and change clothes and come out, and so I change clothes. So I come out, and I went out. <laughs> I wish I just walked on out the door, but anyway, I didn't. I came into the kitchen, you know, and I'm sitting there. Hey, what's for supper, you know, such and such, such and such. And she goes, uh, do you notice anything? <laughs> and, and she goes, that, on the bed, did you notice the tennis clothes that I bought for you? I go, oh, yeah, yeah. You, you like them? Yeah, they're all right. <sighs> that was not good. <laughs> I did not what? Give thanks. Because, so... I mean, that's respond to her as wife, but how about as God? Every breath that I take is what? That's why it says in everything, what? Give thanks for this is God's will for you. So my, y'all, be careful that as we've spoken about these things of how you respond to deity, a deity in, in thanksgiving and praise and worship, that we glorify him as God. Because there's a place of glorifying him in it, or else it will harden our hearts. You know, thank God for Paula. That, I'm going to be honest with you, seriously. She did not respond to that very well, that, the deal with the tennis clothes. It was not a, a favorable response. 
But praise God, she operated that way. Because guess what? I learned something. Or my heart would have been nailed into a place of whatever. What could she give me that would be, that would elicit some kind of response from me? I was just raised to end, you know, self, you know, I had, I tell people that when I first got married, I had a big S across my chest and it wasn't Superman. It was for selfish. And that's, that was my character and that's why I would not give thanks. So anyway, but to respond to God, to glorify God, we hear, we receive, and the thing in us when God's revealing his glory is to flip it around and glorify him. Notice this. I want you to notice some examples of this. Where Anna, notice this passage of scripture in Anna. Where, go to the next slide, please, if we've got that. There's Anna, the prophetess. Now, she's the one that's looking also. There was, there was Simeon and there was Anna. And notice this. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phineal and the tribe of Asher. And she was advanced in years and lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. And then as a widow at the age of 84, she never left the temple, serving night and day with fastings and prayers. Boy, talk about awesome. Go to the next, please. And at that very moment, she came up and began doing what? Giving thanks. She's glorifying God. She came up, began giving thanks to God, continually speak to him to all those who were looking for the redemption of Israel. I could go back and talk about it in Psalm 22, 23, I think it is, where it talks about praise and thanksgiving is to glorify God. It's a glorify God. It talks about it in First Chronicles. So praise, what you're doing is you're reflecting who God is. He's expressing himself to you, and you, 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 you give it back, and you know how the deal is. You know, I heard Peter Lord told us, it says, you give expression to an impression, you become more, what? impressionable. So all of a sudden you start glorifying God on the small things. Guess what? You become ever increasing sensitive to the very things of God. And your heart doesn't become hardened. It becomes ever sensitive to the revelations of God. You hear the quiet voices. You don't, you don't hear a voice and think it's thundering. You, you hear the sweetness of the things. Maybe, maybe some in here getting the the translations of birds chirping, what he is saying or saying, or you can smell the smell of God, you know, whatever it may be. Glorifying God in thanksgiving and praise and worship. Notice this in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11, where it says, whoever speaks is to do it as, as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified. In all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory, honor, I'm sorry, you know what it is. And in all things, God be glorified. I just want to ask you all this. Like it says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, in all your ways know him. Every facet of your, your life and my life, let it reflect in who he is. You know, I, I, I do not get impressed, you, you know, anymore with gifts. I do not get impressed by, by, by people with big gifts or whatever or how they preach or how they speak or what they do in a church. But you show me a man or woman in the workplace, who it, that's who impresses me, who reflects the nature and character of God in what they do. I'm going, that's, that's real stuff. I heard testimonies in the past where... We had persons here in dwelling place who would prophesy, but then they would go out in the, out there and they would be around somebody, and all of a sudden they're hearing them cuss, and and somebody hearing that they're going, wait a minute, what's the deal here? Because what's happening is the action of of here you're quote glorifying God, but over here really what's happening is this speaks louder than this over here. There's a call. To glorify. Notice in 1 Corinthians, we have that in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Look at this. Whatever then you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Everything in our lives reflects who He is. 
everything. When we send the interns, when I send Nick and Nick overseas, we send them over there. I'm going, man, whenever you go into a house, reflect it. What God does. You see the trash? You see the trash? Change it. Take the trash out. Wash the dishes. Reflect who God is in the small things. Be the one that would stay up and with whatever and whoever is hurting. Reflect who God is. That's, I mean, so whatever you do, and I ask you all this, every place in this place is an opportunity because God's trying to reveal who he is into situations and circumstances in you and also the other people. And you and I, when we reflect God's glory in that, it starts to have an effect. What did I say a while ago? Let me, let me stop a second. Sorry. I should emphasize this. Y'all, I don't, I'm not asking us to try to do these things. Okay, I want to uh, see like this. It's, uh, I wanna, I'm going to glorify God. Okay, I'm going to reflect God. Uh, no, 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 I said that wrong. I'm going to project God. I'm going to project who he is. No, no, no. I can't project who God is. All I can do is reflect who he is. What does 2 Corinthians 3.18 say? We with an unveiled face is beholding in a what? Mirror the glory of the Lord. See, all I can do is step into circumstances and reflect who, what God is doing in this circumstance, in this situation. I've had a lot of opportunities in recent, recent months to go before the governing officials in Giles County. I've been through the Board of Supervisors twice, through the Zoning Board, I don't know, five times, and be with just about every of the major governing officials in Giles County. And my conviction and my belief was, Lord, let everything that we do and say reflect and glorify you. Whatever we do and say. The other day I was going into a board of supervisors meeting and all of a sudden I walked in the door and one of the main guys in there is probably the second most important guy in Giles County, not the first, but walked in the door and I was walking by his office and I looked in and saw me and he goes, oh, Rick, come here, come here, come here. And there was another guy in there with him and and he, you know, sort of gave the hint, and the guy walked out. And he walked over, and he said, grab the door, and he shut the door, and he said, because I was getting ready to meet with the Board of Supervisors, and he said, uh, Rick, there's a lot of people doubt you're the real thing. I just want to tell you, you're the real thing. I tell them you're the real thing. And he says, let me pray for you. Right then, he said, laid hands on me, and he says, Jesus, do the thing, do the thing. Paraphrase, that's my interpretation of what he said. <laughs> he didn't use those words. But the heart, all I could do was is just reflect who God was. That's not anything of me to do that. Step into situations that you do not reflect anything. Not You could reflect flesh. You can reflect self. It says in John 7, 7, 18, it says, He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory. He who seeks the glory of the one who sent him, he is righteous and true. So the question is, are you speaking, do I speak out of myself? Many times I had. I've sought what your thoughts and opinions were about me or what project who I am. No, we want to reflect who he is. Don't speak out of ourselves. And notice this, glorify in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. Verse 19 says, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? And notice what the response is. For you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your bodies. Your bodies, our bodies are an opportunity to reflect who God is. Let's go to the next passage in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 16. This one's interesting to me. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but to, is to glorify God in this name. Opportunities, y'all. Adversity means what? What does adversity mean? Opportunity. It's an opportunity to reflect who God is into a situation. That's the opportunity to reflect. And I want to say this, because you know what? The last thing is that God's destiny is to change the situations and circumstances in our lives. Change our lives and change the situations and circumstances in our lives. Now let me ask you a question. What's more powerful seed? What's a more powerful seed? Uh, uh, you know, I love you, Paula. 
or where I've in a, had to pay a major price of, to communicate time and setting, and I know her quality time, and then I look at her and I say to her, I love you. What's more powerful, seed? The word I just said to her here in church or the latter? What's going to change her heart? The firmer one that says, here in front of everybody, babe, aren't you impressed? I love my wife. <laughs> no, that makes her sick, to be honest with you. What's going to, what seed is more powerful to her? The word that I speak in a setting where emotion is behind it is a very powerful seed. You know, what's more powerful in, in your life? when you say the good words in church or when you hit your finger with a hammer. You hit your finger with a hammer and you go, beep, beep. <laughs> or you come, man, bless God, hallelujah, Hi, thank you, Jesus, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Seeds have to be. Seeds are hidden in the earth before they produce. Right. So it's in those adversities of life. It's in the hidden things that make a difference. Yeah. I know he don't like this, what I'm about to say, but one of the most influential people in my life is Jim Ebel. I've known Jim Ebel a long time. Jim Ebel built my house. But Jim's influence in my life became greater in recent years. Because the words that Jim speaks in my life come out of, I know, come out of intense, real things, adversities of life. In my life, to me, Jim Evil glorifies God at a level that I've never experienced in fullness in my life. Not that I want to go there. Sorry. But, but what I'm trying to say is, y'all, in those adversities of life, they are seeds that will either, like 2 Corinthians 3.18, we are transformed from glory to glory. God's revealing something to you. God's revealing you're an overcomer. I'll never forget the one time there was this young guy come to me and says, he, he asked me to come over. He says, Rick, man, things have been really hard in my life. It's been real, real hard. And he's starting to talk about scenarios and all going on and stuff in his life and and uh, just out of the blue, for some reason, well, I do know for some reason it was the Lord, he just starts telling me, he says, Rick, um, you know, uh, can I share with you, can I let you listen to these prophetic words this guy's been speaking, that I got spoken over me? And said, yeah, man, go ahead. So he's put in this tape, this tells you how long it goes, and he starts playing these prophetic words that he has, and it's about three or four different people speaking into him. He's going to be a warrior. He's going to be a warrior. He's going to be an overcomer and all this kind of stuff. And I just started laughing. I'm going, what? Brother, you're sitting here talking to me about having a hard time and you're struggling with having a hard time and you're telling me you've got prophetic words spoken over you're going to be a warrior. If you're going to be a warrior, you're going to what? Fight. You wanted to be a warrior just because you went to the army recruiting office and they accepted you and they gave you a warrior. And maybe they'll give you the, the, what is it, the Medal of Honor because you signed up for the army. No. To be a warrior, you had to be in what? Battle. You had to go through a fight. So God reveals glory into you. You're an overcomer. Well, guess what? Overcome. So, receive it. And in those circumstances and situations, reflect who God is in those situations, in those circumstances, in those four different... There's many of them I could have gone through. But in all of those, there are seeds in us that... This is the cool part. The results of seeing, understanding, and glorifying God in whatever circumstance I'm in... Is, go to the next slide, please. That it's now noon, and thank you for picking it up. That's, that's a revelation there. Oh. There must be testing and trial going on in, the, in adversities. Notice what it says here. But, oh, can you go to the next slide, please? That I may... Whoops, I got the wrong verse. Did I? Sorry about that. It's Colossians chapter 4, verse 3. 
4.2 says, For I have died and my life is hidden with Christ in God. And it goes on to say that when his... When, oh, it says something really good. When... Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you so much for covering me. How did I do that? It was too... Just, yeah, anyway, how are I did? When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you will reveal with him what? With him where? In glory. You reflect him here, guess what he does? He says, come here. Everything that happens to me will manifest to you. Everything that happens to me manifests to you. You know, it's cool to be in the, being around, maybe, yeah, I don't, I'm not big about being around big dogs. You know, not dogs that bark, but like people, you know. I'm not, because I, just in other words. But anyway, there's a few times in my life that I've been around big dogs, you know. And it's kind of cool when you're hanging around with them, and this is the only time it's really cool, is that you're hanging around with them and you go places, guess what? The people that you're with, the person you're with, and they don't, other people don't know you, but you're because you're with the big dog, they do what? They respond to you. I'm with a big dog. I don't say that out loud, <laughs> but I'm thinking it. And you know what? Because guess what? I'm being glorified because I'm with him. And that's the cool thing with us. Romans 8, 16. Awesome. Notice this one. It says, there again, I messed up. How did I do that? That's a good passage again. Eight, seven, you did great today. Somehow I just messed you up. Notice this. It says, it says, if children, then heirs, heirs of God, fellow heirs of Christ, if we indeed we suffer with him in order that we may be glorified with him. And it goes on to say that the glories, the sufferings of this world are not worthy to be compared to the glories to be revealed. I just want to say this, y'all, is that, y'all, we're in an opportunity. This age is not the purpose of your life. This age is nothing but seed. It is seed of life. The age to come is God's time for you. Don't look to be fully glorified here. God's not wanting to be glory you to be fully glorified here. He wants you to glorify there because guess what? This is 70 years, give or take a few, and there is for what? Ever. And so that you may be glorified with him. If you suffer with him, you will be glorified with him. In the situations and circumstances, our lives are opportunities. And here's the whole thing is, y'all. I just want to go back to the very beginning. Romans chapter 1, verse 21, where it says, Even though I know God, I glorify him, what? As God. He is God. So I just put a standard, put... Put the seed in us, asking us to not waste opportunities to reflect who God is in the circumstances and situations of our lives. Receive his glory. Hear it, receive it, and sow it out. Glorify it, glorify it, verb it, if you can say. So, Mitch, you feel you got something? Uh, you know, it was just really interesting this morning um, when we were in prayer. You know, I just kept getting this, you know, this word in relationship to, you know, the in Ephesians, the cleansing with the washing of the word. And um, and it's really interesting that, you know, even as, you know, Rick was talking about, you know, we're made for the age to come. You know, it just says, you know, this whole Ephesians 5 verse, which, you know, we typically talk about in relationship to uh, men and women in relationship to husbands and wives because it's addressed to them, but... It's also a reflection of the church, and it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church, gave himself up for her, so that, the reason that he did that, the reason that he gave up his life for you, is, is for this purpose, that he, he might sanctify us, having cleansed us by the washing of the water, oops, and it turned off, of the word, washing of the water with the word, that, another purpose, he might present to himself um, in all her glory. You know, that he is presenting, you got to realize you're in the process of being presented back to him in all 
the glory of the bride. That's why the church is so important. That's why the, that, that's why the gates of hell won't prevail against the church. The problem is, you know, to get, to get to that place, to get into the bride, to walk in this place of the bride, you know, because that's, that's who God is redeeming and presenting to himself back, you know. And so I just encourage you, you know, this word is huge because you got to realize you're, we're all in this process of being redeemed into his glory, you know, transformed from glory to glory into his likeness. And so I just felt like the Lord was saying that he's, he wants to wash us because in the rest of that verse says, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she would be holy and blameless. And I think that goes back to Leanne's word about, you know, God wants to get rid of skepticism. He wants to, I got, I got a really big disillusionment this morning. God wants to just break these things off so that you can see clearly, you can see clearly the glory of God that you're reflecting, that you, that you're re, that you can receive it and then you can reflect it just as uh, uh, Rick said. You know, it's talking about. And so I just, I, mean, I don't know if there's any other things that you wanted to, uh, any other response or if anybody else has got a response. So can we just, can somebody go up and play and can we just stand? And uh, we're just going to close out with that. You know, just this place, um, if we have some teams, they can uh, come on up. That would be great. Some prayer teams uh, can come up. And I just want to pray over us, a cleanse. I felt like the Lord was just saying there's just a physical and a spiritual cleansing this morning uh, in relationship to God continuing to restore us in the glory of his bride. The glory of his bride's coming forth today. No matter where you've been in life, no matter what you've seen in life, no matter what you've done in life, God wants to bring a cleansing and a freedom and so I'm just going to pray if, if we have, can have a few more people come up and just pray for people. And I just want to encourage you, if you want prayer this morning for that, feel free to come up. I'm going to pray kind of a general prayer. But as I'm speaking, if you feel like you need to get prayer uh, on an individual basis, I want you to come on up. Don't, don't wait for me. Don't hesitate. There's not going to be a, a crazy call. But I'm going to pray that over. So come on if, you, if that's you. So Lord, we just thank you for this morning. And I I just think, once again, you're taking us back to this place of, God, we need to respond. Lord, we need to respond to you, your glory, God, to not only know you as God, but also to respond to you as God. And not only to respond to you as God, but to give thanks and declare into you and uh, declare all of who you are, because, Lord, we are reflecting your glory, God. It's, and and it, in, 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 in the same uh, place, God, you're imparting glory into us, your glory, your goodness. And so, Lord, that's what your church is about. And so, Lord, today, I'm just asking right now, uh, you would just come with your Holy Spirit and just wash us with the water of your word. God, thank you for this word this morning about your glory, your goodness, the glory of God. And so, Father, right now, wash us. I don't know what you want to do to, to receive that. Maybe you want to lift your hands. Maybe you just want to put your hands up. Maybe you want to Neil, maybe you want to do whatever. I just encourage you to respond somehow. God, we receive, God, that cleansing. God, we receive that washing of the water of your word. Just wash off, Lord, the past. Wash off maybe yesterday. Wash off, Lord, last week or last year. Whatever that looks like, God, just begin to wash off so that we can begin to see clearly. Wash off disillusionment, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. God, where we have, Lord, thought something was going to happen or we believed for it, it didn't quite turn out the way we thought, and, and Lord, we've just been waiting for you to prove something, or we've been waiting for you, we've just been disillusioned, God, and just break that off so that we can see clearly, or skepticism, just the things that uh, uh, Leanne was just presenting before us today. God, I just pray you would just wash us, God. Thank you, Father. Right now, we just receive as a body, dwelling place, Christian fellowship, we receive the washing of the water of the word. Lord, this word of your glory, God, would come and make us the bride that you've always designed. You've put it within us from the beginning of time, from the beginning of creation. You created us as a bride to receive glory and reflect glory. And God, let us be that bride. Let dwelling place be a, uh, an example in this community of a bride, that, the Lord, that shines the light of your goodness and your glory. God, we bless that. We pray for all churches in this area, God, that we would be the bride 
declaring and sharing your glory, God. Continue to bring us together as a fullness of the church to declare the bride, to declare the glory of the bride, and to declare the glory of the, your goodness. And so, Lord, we receive that this morning. We receive it, Lord. And, Lord, now, now that we've received it, God, I just pray we give thanks. God, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your, the washing of the water of the word. We thank you for, God, your forgiveness and release. Uh, and, Lord, uh, Lord, not just as Paul said, leaving the past behind and moving on and pressing forward to the upward call of your glory. That's the call. So, Lord, we thank you for that, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Man, so I just encourage you, I'm going to close this out. Come and get some prayers.